Mann, and welcome back to the Hearts of Fire podcast. And today I'm happy to share that we have a special episode with our guest, Sister Terry Ricard. For today's episode, we'll be taking a deep dive into what Sister Terry has been up to this past year and focusing on her most recent trip to the Holy Land. And before we get to our discussion, I'd like to remind you that whether you're watching this episode live or listening to it on a podcast, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. We appreciate your support of the Hearts of Fire podcast. And now on to our, today's discussion with our guest, Sister Terry Ricard. Welcome, Sister Terry, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Katie. Glad to be here with you. Looking forward yes. to it. Yes. And first off, you've had a very busy year since leaving Renew. You know, take our listeners uh, through this year. And what have you been up to? Well, it's actually been a tremendous adventure. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, with this tra- I poured myself into the ministry and all things Renew for almost 20 years. So I knew it wasn't going to be an easy transition. So I was grateful that the congregation uh, granted me a year's sabbatical to review where I've been and to prepare me for whatever God has next on this great adventure of uh, life. So um, I started out in a, in a sabbatical program called Antarctic in Ireland, in uh, County Wicklow. It was a fabulous experience studying with uh, sisters and, and priests and lay women throughout the world, uh, echo spirituality. So I spent over two months there and then I walked the Camino, Santiago de Compostelo. So I walked from Lyon, Spain with two, two friends to Santiago. So that was, that was really an incredible, incredible experience walking through uh, northern Spain for three weeks wow. with all the ups and downs. And uh, so that's how I started my sabbatical year and this tremendous experience in Ireland and uh, going deep into uh, ecology and uh, and the theological and biblical implications of that, and then walking in nature every day, twelve to fifteen miles a day. Wow! And it was, yeah, it was a very spiritual um, experience. But the whole experience for me, as I'm getting towards the end of it, is I started out as a pilgrim as I went to Ireland, continued that sense of every day picking up my stuff one foot at a time and got a deeper experience of that in in a pilgrimage at during my time walking at, on the Camino. And then um, took a couple little rest during the summer and then to the Holy Land. Uh, and again, I've had all sorts of experiences since the beginning of my sabbatical, but again, always had that attitude of being a pilgrim seeking a deeper relationship with God, whether through nature, whether through walking, um, and then most recently encountering God in the very sacred sites of the Holy Land. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been fabulous. Let's take a deeper dive into that, you know, with the Holy Land. Tell us about a trip, your trip. Where exactly did you go and what did you do? Great. You know, it's funny because when we say the Holy Land, some of our sisters at and Blavelt, as you know, they think the Holy Land is Ireland. So that was like, <laughs> so that's first, true. Yes. <laughs> so the first part, I did that part of the, that Holy Land, the, the European Holy Land in Ireland, which it truly was. If you want and to just then, clarify uh, for our listeners, which Holy Land did you travel to? 
to Israel, to Israel. (laughs) And that's, and you know, the Holy Land really is even greater than Israel, Jordan, and all those outlying places where we meet the biblical uh, characters and stories and, and particularly uh, Jesus. So um, I, I think for me, what was most incredible is being places that Jesus actually was there. I mean, it's just, it is just awesome. So I began that in a program called the Tantor Ecumenical Institute. It's sponsored by the University of Notre Dame in in Indiana. It's an international uh, program. So I was with 22 others, very similar to the mix I had when I was in uh, Antarctic in Ireland. Um, And, um, but this was, this had more, there were I think 15 priests, um, maybe four sisters and a great couple. And then it was also ecumenical. So we had a minister there from the Lutheran church in Sweden and also uh, a monk who was uh, was Coptic monk from Egypt. So it was was an interesting mix. So we started out together. It's a study program. Uh, So we had classroom, but we also each day were out there visiting the holy sites. And so I'll talk about that in a moment. And the last two weeks was um, a renewed pilgrimage that I led with Father Anthony Rendazzo that was planned before the pandemic. Wow. So it just was perfect because I was six weeks at the Tantor Institute and then I was able to meet the pilgrims. Um, I was already there and I had experienced so much and studied so much. I felt really great about being able to share some of those experiences with uh, the the pilgrims from the U.S., mostly New Jersey, but also Ohio and other places, Washington. No, that's that's fantastic. And for you personally, I know it was such a meaningful trip with you know unforgettable experiences. And what was the most meaningful place that you visited wow. during your travels? You talk about the places that you know Jesus was there, and what for you was the most meaningful place? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, you know, there, I've had a few of those experiences. And as you know, I wrote in a reflection on the, the Western Wall and being there and praying there. So that that was one. But um, being on the Sea of Galilee, that was just awesome because it it, it looks like this, like the where what Jesus had seen, you know, you're on you're in the same water. You can see the Golan Heights and the different and the mountains and this is what Jesus and the disciples would have seen that many 2000 years ago. So that, that was a pretty incredible experience. And I had been there twice because I went with my Tantua group and then I went mm-hmm. back with the pilgrim pilgrimage group. But the second one, I think I could just move into it more deeply. And I was just looking out onto the water and they had music behind us, some Christian music and it was, I could just feel myself, just tears were streaming down my face. And I, I looked at a couple of the people near me. We were just in silence and the same thing. It was just this experience of the reality of that Jesus was here, is here with us, you know. Um, so it was, uh, it's not something I expected. But then just began singing. We all began singing How Great Thou Art. So it was just, um, yeah. So there were a number of moments like that, but that one was a very powerful one. And 
I had been there 40 years before. So, so, and I remember that particular, I didn't remember a lot about other things, but I did remember being on that Sea of Galilee. So if you could kind of just describe what it actually, you know, looks like for our listeners. And, and before you do that, I just want to share, we are streaming this episode live on YouTube and Facebook. And we do have a comment from Maureen who she says, I agree with you on the sea. That was a special place for me also. And uh-huh. that you never met one hole on your entire trip, which. Um, you know, oh, let me, I'm trying to think about it. Well, I, 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 the first part, I had some stomach issues, you know, <laughs> so that was, that was a bit of a little bit of a, you know, um, oh, and I think what Maureen's saying, she's funny. You know, for this sabbatical, when I was in Ireland, I walked up the hills, I walked up and down the hills of, of Wicklow. I walked along the sea. You might not even know this, uh, Katie, but then I walked the Camino. I had a little bit of shin splints, but of 300 kilometers. Then I'm in the Holy Land. I'm on all these hikes, the pilgrimages, the cobblestones. I come home. I'm home a week, right? And I'm playing golf and I fell in a drainage hole. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Talk about and I sprained my ankle very badly. So actually I'm home this week. I have a, a cast on my foot and, wow. uh, and a boot. And, but it's, it's, um, I, I'm only home a couple of weeks. So what it's helping me to do is stay in place and really try to integrate um, these experiences and just rest for a little bit. I'm sure. And rest a little. Yeah. It was not, I wouldn't say I rested this sabbatical. And if you know me, that's not unusual. So I had a lot of energy and I was out and about, but I guess the Lord I'd be very saying, curious to see if you wear a Fitbit or not, you know, your any <laughs> sort of tracker or how much your steps are, where your steps were each day. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I took count of all that. But now I have to just um, take it easy and, but that's okay. I, I, I feel so blessed at one little hole. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I, I sprained it here. I I can imagine. Um, And just kind of shifting back to your trip and, you know, just, you know, you're talking about the the sea, you know, if you could just describe it, you know, so our listeners could get a visual of it. So the Galilee region, you have to remember, Jesus spent almost his whole ministry. Now, it's only three years. That seems kind of incredible. So all along there are fishing villages. Um, They've done a lot of excavations. But everywhere you go, you see the sea, the Sea of Galilee. So he he walked all along there. He was visiting those villages. That would have been a very populated area at that time. And, of course, he was on the boat. And he not only did he fish, but to get away from the crowds, you know. I tell you one insight, and this was actually from one of our tour guides. You can see the other side of the lake. And Jesus often in Scripture talks about going to the other side. Mm-hmm. And it became so clear to me when he was going to the other side, that's where the Gentiles were. So that sense that Jesus is always going after the lost people who are not included, the marginalized, the people that we push out that we're not inclusive of. So that just kept coming up. Jesus kept, he went to the other side. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's um, one of those insights I've, I had, not only on the boat, but being on the top of the Mount of Beatitudes, which is really not that high, looking over onto the Sea of Galilee, um, all those experiences with that whole sense of 
Jesus going where others don't didn't go, mm-hmm. and our call as disciples to always be going to the other, to the other side, to the stranger, um, accepting people where they're at, and and um, just loving them and and being part of their lives. So, um, yeah, that was a very powerful uh, experience and all the insights with that. So you talk about that's you know, the sea being one of the most meaningful places you visited, and you had so many special moments throughout your trip to the Holy Land. If mm-hmm. you were to pick the most memorable moment of your trip, what would it be? Uh, so I, I, I'll tell you, I have like the top three. See you, Galilee, <laughs> Wailing Wall, where I brought all the prayers. But I'll tell you one that um, when I visited with the Tantor uh, mm-hmm. group, and also the pilgrims, and they were two different experiences. That is in the old city of Jerusalem, and um, at the Church of Saint Anne. There, that is where the pools of Bethsaida are. And okay. You remember the story how uh, the the guy that was paralyzed, he's sitting on the edge of the waters, and they excavated all this, and so they found those pools. And Jesus comes along and says, uh, you know do you want to be healed? And he said, listen, I do, but I can't get in the water. Everybody's jumping ahead of me. Um, so I'm at that spot and they have a plaque there. I'm looking down in there and I just, so many people asked me to pray for them. And I just stood there by myself and named all the people that I wanted to bring to that pool and asking Jesus to get them in the water and pour those flowing waters, healing love on there. So that I walked, I was there for about, we, they gave us about 30 minutes to be by ourselves and to have quiet. And one of the guys on my trip said, are you okay? I said, I'm more than okay. I just was so, uh, the time went so quickly. So anyway, when I, I knew I was coming back with the pilgrimage group and I thought to myself, I really, want that place to be special for people. So it was really the la- one of the last days there. And I said to Anthony, why don't we do a healing service here? So that'd be great. People love this. So we all kind of, there's people all around. It's so crowded there this time of year. So we took a corner and anointed every person, laid hands on them. It was such a powerfully healing moment. People thinking about, we, I really asked them to focus on the healing they need. And then we would pray for everyone else, but physically, spiritually, emotionally. So just being able to, to minister uh, in that way and to pray those prayers for healing, it was healing for me. It was healing for me. So that was another, both times different, but really a powerful uh, presence of Christ's healing love for myself and for all the people that I brought, brought to those that pool that day. No, that, that's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. And, you know, shifting topics, um, what is one thing that people might not know about the Holy Land that you found mm-hmm. out during your trip? Yeah. I, just so you know, when we, the second half of our trip is uh, pilgrimage of peace. So people know there's a lot of discord there. Um, Seems like, you know, the holiest place for the three major religions uh, are in those places, particularly in Jerusalem. And it's has the most unrest. And so I guess what was 
Did you experience any of that during your trip or notice it? During the holy, you feel the tension, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just under the surface, you know? So I crossed the, where Tantor, the Institute is, I could walk to Bethlehem. Oh, wow. You had to cross, it's the, um, you had to go through the border. And you could, I saw the separation wall and the barbed wire, and it felt very much when I've done prison ministry, very much that same experience. Sure. Um, So, yeah, I talked to a lot. uh, When I was in Tantor, we we studied Islam, we studied Judaism, um, we spoke to Palestinian speakers as well as Jewish speakers, uh, thought leaders, people in the peace movement. So, I guess. I guess in one way, surprised because it's not as, you know, at this moment anyway, um, where I was, I didn't experience a lot of violence, Um, but there were some shootings and different things in other parts in Ramallah and a couple of other places. But I guess the tension of that, I guess maybe that surprised me. I wasn't afraid. I didn't, I wasn't worried, Um, but you could feel uh, the tension for both, both the Jewish people, the Israelis, as well as the Palestinians. Sure. So, but it's it's um, it's a very complicated situation. And I'll just tell you this: we, myself, and Father Anthony met with a Palestinian bishop who was uh, taken from his land as a boy, um, mm-hmm. and his house destroyed, and his family by the Israelis. But then later became a, a priest and a, a bishop and just he's always fought for peace. So he said to me, um, you know, tell, talking a lot about the plight of the Palestinians, he said, I don't want you to go back to America and be for the Palestinians or um, I want you to be for all our people, for the Jewish people, for the uh, Palestinians, but to raise it, it into the people of America that you know, people have kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, maybe yeah. they've become a bit desensitized to exactly. it. I, exactly. And I think the people there begin to manage it, but more and more, um, the oppression of the Palestinians and the safety of the Israelis. It's, it's a really very painful, uh, experience and people are suffering because of it. So, I guess I'm not surprised about it, but um, surprised to hear both sides and people from all different angles um, and the level of violence that we don't even hear about, um, because I think, you know, in certain areas. So it's um, yeah, that was and particularly during the holy days when I was there during the, the three holy days of the Jewish people. And we participated in all that. But there was a lot of tension. A lot mm-hmm. of, tension. you know, the buses don't run. Uh, the Palestinian neighborhoods are kind of blockaded. Uh, so there's just, um, you see it all over. And um, so it's, it's just a difficult uh, situation. So, sure. you know, just in my heart and mind in a new and deeper way, praying for peace in any way that, um, you know, that I could be part of helping be a bridge to that peace. I want to do that. So haven't quite figured that all out yet, but um, yeah. Was there anything else about your trip to the Holy Land that, you know, you were surprised about? Maybe the, well, I'd say the geography. The first week Mm -hmm. I spent there 
when I was in the Tantor Institute, every week we had a different focus. And the first week we did a lot on geography. And I don't think I really took it that seriously before. And I realize now to really understand the scriptures in a in deep way and to unpack some of the stories and the sayings, you have to understand the geography. So, um, and how desert-like it is. I mean, it's dusty and brown. So the, to compare that when I was in Ireland, <laughs> raining all the time and, and not all the time, actually I had pretty good weather there, but so green and rich. And then in Israel, I was there for two months. I had one sprinkle the last day I was there, last week I was there. Um, it's very, and then as soon as you get out of Jerusalem, you're in the desert, you're in the wilderness. Wow. So, and I guess one more thing, I, I didn't realize Bedouins were still out there, Roman, and you see Bedouins uh, and their sheep and villages as you leave Jerusalem and, wow. and, go, and go up to uh, the Galilee region. So that, that was kind of cool. Well, I'll say this one thing, uh, as we're driving, we see this Bedouin and, and their camp. The next thing I know, there's a young guy, a shepherd, and he's got a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> so there he is with the sheep and the turban and the thing and the guys and the kids on the cell phone. So that was. Uh, you got to stay connected in this day and age, right? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great. So, uh, Sister Terry, my final question for you today. Um, you know, any plans to return there in the future? And Yeah. I, you know, I, at this point, I'm happy to be home. I've been traveling for almost a year. Um but yeah, I'd like to go back there and I feel like I could, I don't need to be in an organized program. There's certain places I could go and, um, you know, could bring some folks, friends of mine, just to go and see different places. So yeah, I would, I'd love to get back there and, um, you know, again, go to a kind of a more, a deeper place. Uh, and I think once you repeat going to places, that's, that's kind of happened to me after those last two weeks. Sure. experience it in a, a kind of a different way. Yeah. And along with, you know, um, potentially returning to the Holy Land, what's next for you? You live a very exciting life. Yes, I had we want to know what's next for <laughs> Sister Terry Ricard. All right. So I'm very excited. I'll be um, ministering at Holy Trinity Parish in, in Westfield, New Jersey as a pastoral associate. Uh, I'll be working with Father Anthony, who was a co-leader of, of the tour and a great uh, collaborator uh, during my years at Renew. So, um, and I know a lot of the people there. I was a scholar in residence for three weeks um, in, um, I guess it was February, last February. I was doing preaching and presentations. So I'm looking forward to hands-on pastoral ministry. I've given many workshops on how <laughs> to revive a parish. I'm glad to be doing it myself. And absolutely uh, doing pastoral care and, visiting the school and wherever, wherever I um, am needed there. So I begin that in January and uh, hopefully my foot will be healed and I'll be <laughs> ready to go, ready to go. And you could return to the golf course just in exactly, time. Exactly, exactly, Katie. Priorities. Anyways, <laughs> Sister Terry, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I know you are a very busy woman and you are have literally been all over the world this year. And I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and catching up with our listeners and letting them know what you've been up to. And we Great. hope you Thanks join so us much. in the future. And I'm glad you're back. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Hello. Now happy to be back and uh, we hope you have a great day and please join us again.
I will. Okay. Thanks so much, Katie. Bye. And before we go, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoyed today's discussion, please let us know by giving the Hearts of Fire podcast a five-star rating on wherever you listen to your podcast. And we hope you enjoyed the special episode of the Hearts of Fire podcast. Be on the lookout for more episodes throughout the remainder of the year. And thank you again for tuning in today to our show. And please know that you are in the daily prayers of our sisters and associates. Have a great day.